0: okay i think we are up we are live yep we are live thank you for being here welcome to the podcast how's it going tonight
1: it's going great it is (laughs) earlier here it's about 12 midday in melbourne australia and i'm having a great time and yeah
0: you're coming from the future for sure but yes exactly (laughs) but before we start getting a little crazy why don't you uh just give a little quick brief of who you are and maybe uh, a little bit about your background and that way uh audience and listeners kind of know what we might be getting into here
1: yeah I'm the type of person that gets pulled in two directions one between the performer in me I'm a singer-songwriter public speaker love the you know the bigger stage the better Um, and the very introvert uh, extremely curious about the internal world, spiritually, personal development, you know, what is the mind doing? Um, And helping people really get to the bigger stuck places. So I've always had this push-pull of like, what am I supposed to be doing in my life? Am I supposed to stay singing? Or am I supposed to get the tissue box and be in a workshop somewhere helping people, you know? and
0: Mm. Now
1: I get to do both. Um, We have the Awaken School, which is our company where we run retreats and Uh, seminars whatever you would want to call them interactive experiences where they're educating but we always um, have the music and the experience and really get people into the present moment through art as well my husband's a bass player that's why I'm saying we uh, yeah yeah and um, that's always fun because people don't think of us as musicians and every now and then we'll just Bring a full band to open the show, and they're like, "What? I thought. What? I thought you were just the author and speaker and facilitator." So we we get to do it not as much um, now as we used to. That was my full time gig, but I really love anything that's about an elevated conversation of human potential and spiritual development and all of that.
0: Well, so let's uh, let's take it back a little bit, though. I mean, so when did you start noticing your love for? singing and in the spiritual world, I guess it's a two-part question. I mean, was this kind of all put together? Was you at a young age, and just had experience in your life, and you're like, ooh, you know, you like the mind. You want to go down this road and start checking things out. Yeah. Just kind of, how did it all come about? It
1: was early. It was early. Um, I I remember being in my early teens thinking, oh, I'm going to be a nun. Mm. Because there was something about the spiritual divine connection and all you're given at 13 years old, you know, is is a a nun or, you know, I was Irish Catholic, you know, Australian girl. And so that's all it was, but I'm, I'm, I'm not a nun. I'm not, I don't have the personality to be that, but it was kind of this thing of a pull toward um, the divine and spirituality early on. And then I just kind of let, let that go. Um, And I think the first time I was here in my family home growing up, I was probably 16 or 17, I saw a guy on TV who said, have you ever wondered why you think the way you think? And have you ever wondered why you are the way you are? And I remember like going up to the TV going, yes, I do. I do wonder that. And everyone else in my family going like, who cares so I went off to a personal development workshop very early on at 16 17 been doing it ever since and I think that was pretty young for for most people which was challenging because most of my Aussie friends were drinking beer and smoking pot and I was kind of more interested in everything else metaphysical and and potential wise it had its had its challenges but um, I'd say it was pretty early on and um, always wanted to make people feel something, not just know it. I'm not a very conceptual or mental person. I'm more of a, a heart and body person. So that experience has been really important. And I think that's why the music um, with the learning has been a, a, a big piece of like, no, I don't, I don't care what you know. I want to know if you live it. Right. And I want to not just know it. I want to live it
0: what did your family think of you going off at 16 to one of these personal development seminars i mean were they against that were they for it to like to go yeah go explore yourself and find your own way and find out who you are or were they like you know don't do this this is a road you don't want to go down they were road?
1: definitely for it they oh, were great. definitely for it and they're both um, my, my mom's past now but i would say they're both very easygoing parents I chose well <laughs> really supportive and easygoing and um I mean there was we definitely had our challenges like like anyone would do but that that looking back now knowing how how the conditioning of one person happens when you're so young yeah and your parental influence I look back and go you know I had it so easy even though there was challenges and that's why I was able to continue doing that unimpeded a, a lot of the time because I had that support or at least that it wasn't like, yay, go, go for it. It was just like, yeah, whatever, honey, you know, it was that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, that's great that a lot of parents or your parents actually allowed you to go explore that where, you know, I was kind of thinking that some parents would be, no, stay on a straight narrow path. You know, you need to go do X, Y, and Z, and this will help you all through your life and, I mean that's kind right. of how, that's kind of how it was for me growing up. It seemed like that, you know, I was kind of free, but not completely a hundred percent free because it was just, you know, if I had to come up with an idea like that, it was like, well, I understand that idea, but why don't you, you know, why don't you go to school? Why don't you go to college and stuff like that? Yes, it was almost. Well, like-
1: I think that I think yeah. that moment happened when I said to my mom, "I'm quitting my social work degree and my psych- psychology degree." And I think I want to become a singer. That was that moment. She had a few things to (laughs) say.
0: I see. see. Hmm. But going along your life journey, though, you know, from what I read um, on your background, though, you seemed like you battled a lot of things like through, you know, bankruptcy and um, just. You know, I think you even lost your home, is what I read. And
1: yes, I've been in—I've so, probably been in the big ones. I had chronic pain for many, many years. I wasn't able to walk for a few years. Um, you know, relationship issues of trying to find my the love of my life and feeling like that was just kept hitting, you know, roads. So financial, relationship, health—I think is probably the biggest one. Um, and being a relatively healthy person who eats well and exercises and all of that, it was very difficult to that. Um, have that injury and be stuck in in bed for so long.
0: Yeah. what was the injury? What happened if you don't mind me asking?
1: Yeah, so i so I'd heard it back then, but I was in two thousand and six on a trip. A work trip and I carried something a little too heavy. The next day I was down for the count. I had I had blown three discs in my back. I was not able to move. I got stuck over. It was in England at the time. I got stuck over there for many months until I could afford a lay down bed to fly me back. I mean, it was serious and it was a long, a long journey back into being able to be functional at all without, you know, Massive painkillers and someone helping me
0: walk around, kind of thing. You know, like you just said, being a healthy person and kind of living that lifestyle, and then all of a sudden, I think you said you couldn't walk for a couple of years. Is that what you said? Yeah. yeah. That. uh I mean, what was that mindset like then? And just you know, talking about the spiritual world and just tying it back to that, were you kind of down on it at the same time and down on yourself, or were you knew like, hey, I'm glad I'm going through like this to kind of find out who I am and how resilient I am and I can overcome this challenge. I mean, what was it like?
1: Yeah, I think that it was both. I was very blessed to have had enough experience of the observer and the one that has the bird's eye vantage point that everything is in its infinite perfection. So I had enough of that to go, okay, what is going on here? Um, But the, the sheer pain and the length of time it was going on um, I did not cope many, many a day did not cope very well. And I think that the hardest part in that area of not coping was the shame because I was already in the world of manifesting your reality and you you get you 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 know you're responsible for what you create. And there I am in a community of people that know me as a teacher mm. and a coach. That are manifesting this reality. And I, I didn't realize how much shame and embarrassment I had that I couldn't get out of this. I somehow, with everything I knew, couldn't get out of it. Um, and I tried a lot of things, I tried all the weirdest and wackiest and most straight-laced things I could think of, everything, and nothing was touching it for a long time until I had some pretty big revelations around surrender and what that means to really be able to loosen resistance to what's going on in your life Um, and what what is what does that even mean because I think a lot of people are in either give up mode or push through mode you know one of the two and I was in that I was giving up one day and I was pushing another day and it just didn't didn't work I share a lot about this for anyone who is listening that might want to hear more about this story in my book divine breadcrumbs um but this is kind of the short version that was probably the biggest thing that helped is um surrendering to that this might be my experience for the rest of my life
0: Mm. and
1: when my um chiropractor said that like this might just have to be how it is I was like no freaking way and in that moment, I realized how much force of resistance I had um, to what was happening. And I spent the next few weeks asking myself, could I be okay? Like, could I be happy and joyful and at peace, even if this was the case for the next many, many decades? And it didn't happen overnight, but it happened within a few weeks. And I'm like, yes, I can figure out a way to be happy and peaceful with this amount of pain and within days days it was pretty much all gone it was a oh. miracle of miracles because there was something unwinding so much and i don't know if this those words relate to you chris that resistance versus surrender or what's sort happening of,
0: sort of yeah cause I, what i was thinking about is when people go like you said if you go through a you know a very terrible situation um you know for example the worst thing that's ever happened to you is the worst thing that's ever happened to you you know if somebody cuts you off in traffic cool that's worst thing that's ever happened to you if you have (laughs) an accident like what you have where you're going to be down forever or for a few years that's worst thing that's ever happened to you so you go by those experiences and based on what you said you can either learn to adapt to it and push through with it and overcome the challenge or you can just give up and just say well this is going to be how it is for the rest of my life and what do I do from here? So yeah, and and I get that, but and I think and I hope a lot of people are more of just hey, I want to push through this. You know, I hate that I have to go through like something like this, but you know, you're learning a value from this or a moral, and you're pushing through and you overcome. Like I said, your characteristics and you find out more of what the type of person you are rather than just yes, yeah. This all right, cool. And then and you just talking about manifesting and you know almost the power of the mind and to an extent that I've always you know like to read articles about how the mind works and how much we don't know about the mind and just like for example dr lane norton i don't i don't know if you know who he is and this is this is kind of related but he was talking about he's always like study nutrition studies that come out and he was talking about actually the power of suggestion and the placebo effect and just that you know there's a lot of people who immediately write it off but it's like what are you, what are you talking about you know just you can't do anything about it but there is no, there's not a lot of evidence, but there's, and I don't know the studies myself, or I can't cite them, but there's some yeah. factual information where it is, there are facts behind it where it's true that your body's listening to what your mind's telling you. And if you're sitting here believing that, you know, you're, was it doom and gloom all day, or that hey, you're getting better, you're being healthy? Oh yes. Yeah, and that hey, you yes, like how your mind's working and how your what your day is going to be like and your body's going to react to it. Just kind of what you were just talking about. Oh,
1: absolutely. I would say now, um, I I put my reputation on the science is catching up and there is unequivocal evidence that mm-hmm. that that what your brain is thinking affecting your body and also the other way if your body's got you know the nervous system is so you know anxious a lot of the time that sends a signal from your gut to your brain to have an anxious thought it's going both directions yes. and so you know the work that we do when you see people transform like either create a miracle or change their life significantly is when three things happen at the same time it's not that they've just done their mindset work cuz we we saw that That was only getting people so far, you know, like, oh, just just have a better belief about that or just push through or just like that wasn't doing it every time. But when you're with your psychology, which is your mindset, and that is one stool and you're working on changing that, but you also do the somatic work, which is the unwinding of your nervous system, which is what the surrender meant to me when I had my back injury. I was continuously in such contraction because of the pain and because of the fear that it would continue and so it was the letting go of the fear that i had to stop this or and it just was okay if i had this for the rest of my life it was unwinding me somatically which has to occur if you're trying to heal something in your body heal something in your back and your and everything's so tight and so the somatic is the second stool and the third um, I, depending on, you know, if someone's atheist or religion, I, I, I don't really come from a religious background so much. It's more a spiritual practice. Um, spirituality is the third. And that essentially is, if you don't love that word, anyone listening is receptivity. You are in a receptive experience to something larger than your ego earth suit, as I would call it. And when you do those three highly receptive person who understands their psychology, their own very well, that you can call it out every time it happens, and you're doing somatic release work, you become a completely different person that's able to then train this is who I want to be versus I'm a, you know, and I'm an outpitcher from my conditioning.
0: Mm. Do you think a lot of people in a modern world don't really know their psychology?
1: I think most people by far do not know their psychology. I would put it in the 97 percentile that they don't know. know. Because what happens is that the blind spots are called blind spots for a reason.
0: Sure.
1: <laughs> and so they might know their psychology to a certain degree like oh I have a negative I have a limiting belief about this I have a limiting belief about that. I think that's kind of you know 101 and you you got to think better thoughts and that's what you know well 102. Yes. But when it gets to really what happens um I use the enneagram. I don't know if you know the enneagram very well. Is
0: the uh, you're you base your personality on a number
1: not yeah it's nine pointed um yep. shape and so i use that a lot not because it's a typology you know like myers briggs or disc yep. or something like that which all of those are great but why i love the enneagram and why i've studied it for over 20 years and now teach it as one of is is the main thing up on that psychology um uh, you know leg of the stool is because it will show you your blind spots clearer than anything else I've seen. And it will show you the way out. So there was many things when I learned what my type was, and I decided to go deep in it. um, That I'm like, Oh, my God, Oh, my God, that is why this has been happening. And I couldn't even see it. And I was already pretty far along in understanding how psychology works. Mm. So that's when I say 97%. Um, I think it comes from they might have a little sense of the conscious mind, but they, most people have no clue why why they're doing what they're doing. And when we get into an event, that's what we're working with. And And most of our people that come to the Awakened School events have been on a personal and spiritual development path for decades. They're not like three years in, and they don't know their psychology. They have been doing it for decades, and they don't know what's going to be most important for them to know it so they can change it.
0: Yeah, No, I don't, you know, 97%, that's very, very high. And um, I guess I could agree with that. I don't really have a lot of information to say not, but I mean, I was one of those people and probably still am. But, you know, like you said, where you found out kind of early in life, you wanted to know why, when, how, and where, and all the, all that good stuff. And I didn't really understand my psychology at all until, you know, maybe after college you know after i got one of my master's degrees and started kind of going on my own path and kind of living off my own life experience and then just wondering wait why do i think that way or why did i do that that way where that's
1: still so young
0: yeah i will i guess and but i just that's still but, so young but i guess i'm just thinking about it that you know like even during college that i would just go along with the the flow of things you know just like it was living off momentum and you know just and just living for the present and not really thinking about you know the five, you know, when, where, who, and why, and whatever it exactly, is.
1: Exactly, exactly. And I'll give you an example of someone who thinks they know their psychology, but actually doesn't uh-huh. <laughs> is the quintessential successful person, right? Like, I am gonna make it happen, I am gonna go to these workshops, and I'm gonna learn how to focus on what I want and make it happen. And now I've got this successful job, and I'm you know, showing it the world that I've just got it, and because I know that mindset means everything. And then you slow them down enough for them to realize why that is yes. their mo. Yes. Why is that their mo? And it is almost always because they have been conditioned that they are a that they are a human doing, and they get love that way versus who they be. And so, if you stop them. For even two hours, they are lost.
0: Yes, no, I agree. And that was one of the mm-hmm. things, with the, I don't want to say it was a pro of the pandemic, but, you know, like I said, I was kind of living off momentum and that, that's kind of what made me slow down, you know, that I, w- I got out of my normal routine from, all right, go to work. Cool. You know, get right. lunch, go to the gym, come home, you know, do <laughs> whatever I do, rinse and right. repeat, and then weekend, just live for the weekends. And then it was kind of life slowing down for me is when I started wondering about, you know, hey, am I as happy as I thought I was, or I'm just happy because I'm getting this outside love sources and
1: exactly
0: and satisfaction. But it was just really it was just like, well am I was I living for me or am I still living for me? I mean, just I, I question more of what was going on within my life. And not not in a bad way, but just wondering that, hey, you know, yep. is there a better way? Yep. Was this what I really wanted out of life? Is there yes. something better or something worse? Is there something I could change? I mean, what are what yeah. are my goals? Where do I see myself in 10 years, 15 years? Exactly.
1: You know, that is- That's fantastic. Yeah. And I think that that is one of the collective um, gifts that came out of these last few years is anyone who had the ability to, because some people aren't taught this, they don't have the ability yet. It is a taught thing. Yes. To understand yourself more. And when we have thankfully had that ability, um, that a lot of people were reassessing and that's reorganizing. And that's that's great.
0: Yeah. Well, it's also having conversations like this one where, you know, f- years ago, I was not really having conversations where it was, you know, to talk about if you were living life differently or spiritual or religious. And and like now, because I don't know if it's cause of podcasting or just media in general, but it seems more. What's the word am I looking for? You know, like cool or sexy or mainstream. That to have these type of conversations where more people are open to live or listen to them, rather than just you know shy them off. It's like, hey, we're not we're not bringing this up at all. We can't conversate like this, and you know, it, it, exactly. yeah, yeah, and it's because, and you know, again, like when I was growing up, if we were to have a, and I, I will bring this back a little bit, but I, if we were to have a conversation, basically what is religion versus spirituality that it was like, no, no, there's no spirituality in this house. It's just, you know, Methodist, Baptist, whatever it was growing up. Right. This is the way it was. So it was kind of like, if you were to start to think a little bit outside the box, it was, yeah, you you weren't ridiculed or, you know, set in a bad way, but it was just almost that, we almost felt bad for just even bringing it up just to say, like, hey, what's I just was having a conversation. That's because I wanted. to. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I want, I'm not saying I'm full blown X, Y or Z, but I'm just asking questions. Right. That's what's great about, like I said, these podcasts and stuff where you can have these conversations and right. ask people like, hey, you know, wait, why do you think this way? And, and rather than just thinking yeah. that. Hey, you know, I think all pins in the world should be black. It's just like, well, wait, what's your around? Why does every pin need to be black? You know, it's right.
1: And I think science has had a big deal to do with that because a lot of people need and want to see proof, and there's a lot more proof um, of a lot of these things that we're seeing. Yes. Uh, or sensing, yes. you know, experiencing on our personal growth journey or a spiritual growth journey. So that's helped. And just the general um nature of evolution and 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 collective evolution has been happening. And so it's 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 wonderful. But I do have to remind myself, because I've been in this business for over 20 years, I have to remind myself sometimes, like what you're talking about is not woo-woo anymore, Rachel right. Jane. Like I have to remind myself because I was so used to that. Oh, you're in this woo-woo land, <laughs> and I'm like, well, not really. I'm in the probably the most practical application land of one's life you could possibly be in. But oh well, you can call me woo-woo if you like.
0: <laughs> and, and 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 like I said, bringing this up though, and like being woo-woo or whatever. I mean, what is your you know? And I've had a lot of different discussions on this. What is your definition of like religion versus spirituality? I mean, what would yeah, you? Yeah. So
1: spirituality to me which I would put in my definition whatever anyone else thinks I just speak from my experience is the overarching umbrella and the religion is underneath so spirituality is our receptivity to the divine or to whatever you call it to the infinite to the zero point field if you're a science or if like god it's it's how receptive am i to i'm not just an earth suit there's something else that i am receiving impulses and ideas and intuitions from that is infinitely perfect and infinitely full of possibilities right so and then under that we all have our paths that are trying the best possibly that we can to be more receptive to that experience. So, Christianity, I grew up Christian, yeah, being in a you know, a Catholic household. Um, and we weren't overly religious, but you know, I was more than anyone else because I felt this call for receptivity, and that's all I had. That's all I knew was go to Catholic youth group and pray and sing kumbaya with a guitar. That's all I knew.
0: Right.
1: And so that's religion—is religion through texts and practices, and you know, someone would say dogma from centuries ago. Um, and so I think every religion has very similar tenets, obviously, right? Love thy neighbor, forgive, I be agree. compassionate. God is infinite, um, but it's these differences. So it's it's a little more of the religion is is a path or a practice or a set of practices. Mm-hmm. That people usually get handed down by their parents, you know. And if that's if you're not religious, a lot of people nowadays use nature as their spiritual practice. They they connect there, um, which is very hard to be in a beautiful nature spot and not feel the infinite, amazingness of everything and that there's more than just you.
0: Yeah, that that was a really good point you brought up, and that was something that I guess I borrowed from somebody else. Too. Um, that where somebody was talking about the differences between, you know, religion and spirituality, and that it kind of boiled down to it didn't really matter what religion you were, but it was just like you said, that most or all religions I know anyway, that they all say, like, hey, just be a good person, just be a good human being. You know, don't, you know, don't steal, you know, obviously don't cheat and all that good stuff. It was just, you know, whatever your definition of being a good person is, that's it. And that's what all religions seem to kind of come value themselves on which is like hey okay just be a good person in life you know whatever that yeah.
1: and and where i think religion really helps is um it's about there's there's the being a good person forgive all of that but there's this receptivity piece and religion teaches that in different ways that's the ask and you shall receive pray and you will be um you know, you will have your, your God will answer. Right. And so there's this, why we go to church or why we do pray or why we meditate or why there's mantra um, in other religions. These are all call and response, receptive, open because that ends up being a really important aspect of how we unwind all our conditioning and trust like people say trust in the universe yes. if we're not receptive to the universe good luck trusting you know <laughs> so there is also that piece which i think religion does its the best it can right in its sometimes limited view and sometimes expanded view of what spirituality is um but that that's also a key gift that it brings
0: yeah and here's here's what i was wondering about that you said you've been in this industry field, whatever, for like what, 20 years? Is that what you said? Over 20 mm-hmm. years? Yeah. I mean, and, 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 you know, obviously religion and spirituality, they're kind of hot button topics or can be. And yes. you know, for, so for people who, I mean, do you ever find people who come at you and like, you know, saying that you're wrong for believing what you believe in, that, you know, you shouldn't live your life this way, that you're just, you know, wrong the way you're living life? I mean, do you get that a lot in this? I don't,
1: Oh, I don't. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't. And here's why I think I don't, um, is with the awakened school. So the, the community that we've built, which is many, many thousands of people. I'm very clear who I'm talking to and who I'm attracting. And we always say at the beginning of everything. Um, all of our work is for people who've been on a personal and spiritual development path for a long time. Yes, and so we—they aren't the only people, and people generally who've been on a personal spiritual development for a long time. They have learnt multiple religions, or they've dabbled in multiple, um, or at least they might be Christian-based, but they have gotten to a point where they are very open to. Um, Acknowledge someone else may have a different way of their connection to God. So the community from the get go doesn't really, you know, lend itself to that. And then of course I don't read any trolls on YouTube, so that probably
0: that's very very especially in this (laughs) day and age. That's very not. I heard a great quote one time. Do you know who Michael Jordan is? Famous basketball player that he's probably not on Twitter and YouTube reading all the comments. You know that's why he's great. Exactly. (laughs) Yes, he's not. (laughs) You know, letting other people who are keyboard warriors let him troll him or whatever, right? But not, yeah, but it just seems like in a hot, you know, and I'm glad that you're not getting that uh negative energy towards you just because it's you know, it seems like in a modern world again today that just almost anything you do, you it's always wrong, you know, there's always somebody who's offended by one thing or the other, and that you can barely
1: absolutely, it's like,
0: oh, and especially with like a hot button topics like this, it doesn't really like I was talking about a little bit earlier, you know, depending on what side you lean on and then why you uh, justify the way you believe and what you do and stuff. It's like, it's like, what do you ask me what I believe? And I'm still telling you, and you're still telling me like, I'm the wrong person here. I'm just, you know, yeah,
1: exactly. I
0: don't, I don't know I mean. Well, so. it's
1: funny because in these last few years of um, all this division, at least in the U S where I'm, you know, not a citizen, but I live there, I've lived there for 20, more than 20 years. So I feel more American than Australian. Um. That people were asking me about my, you know, what's my um you know, stance on vaccines? What's my stance so. on the election? What's my stance on the blah, blah, whatever, you know that's. So. On it? And um I am pretty well informed. I would say for most people, I'd be very pretty well informed because I look at both sides, and I probably are not pulled into so much emotion cuz I didn't grow up with American politics so I think that helps I'm not so entrenched you know in yes. one side or the other and that's my life um but what happened in the beginning was especially with the um all the health implications and everything of covid and masking and vaccines eventually and all of that I wouldn't tell anyone I was just I mean they could kind of see how I was living I personally wasn't scared of it from the get-go I personally have my own sensing of what's going on and when I need to protect myself and when I don't or when I might be in thing. so I just wasn't in that kind of you yeah. know do this do this and oh my god some of my closest work people did not like what I was doing and stopped working for us or just very judgmental about it so it might not be a you know with that religion that kind of thing but it was it was definitely there and that shocked me because I hadn't been in that situation for a while but what happened is I became resistant for I'd say there was a few months there that I became resistant to them being judgmental right like you shouldn't be judgmental and I've done more research in this. And, like, what are you talking about? Yeah, you know, I mean, I wouldn't say that out loud, but I was saying that internally. And then it felt such a constriction that I'm not used to. I mean, I've been lucky enough to feel a pretty unshakable inner peace for a long time, given this work. But it, it I could just feel the churn, like, oh, this does not feel good. And so I did the same thing with my back. I had to surrender to so that people are going to see me as someone that might. That that's so stupid that I'm trying to kill someone. It's like, oh, my gosh, I've got to be okay with that. Sure. And not resist them. And once that happened, I was able to go through the next years with being part of this division thing but not being part of it and Good. being able to stay with what I wanted and what felt right to me but not play the game, which it seems like a lot of people have been hooked in from both sides. they
0: It is. They're
1: hooked in. And really what I see is, is one, you know, one group being whispered in there, like these people are, are the are demons. And then there's other people whispering in these ears, these other people are the demons Man. and people are falling for it. Like, like, Oh my gosh.
0: No, that's exactly, I guess. So uh, what I wanted to kind of reiterate was, is that, you know, it seems like the world has become so polarized that, you know, if you were to someone ask, you know, what's your stance on vaccines, abortion, religion, drugs, climate change, just whatever you say, you're immediately labeled. Oh, put you over here in a bad group yeah. or a good group or whatever. You know, that yeah. you know, it is, and it's almost that. You know, like I've been saying, that you can't have these kind of, you can have these conversations, but you can't at the same time because depending on who you're talking right. about, they'll immediately judge you and just think, oh, you're, you know, like you said, you're the demon or whatever. It's just like, you asked me my opinion. I gave it to you. And, and that's why I like... Exactly, that's exactly. I, and that's why I like having people on this podcast who are kind of on both sides of everything, I guess, that, you know, like you said, like I want to hear both sides of whatever topic, story, or whatever it is, just because, you know, it balances me out, that I just don't think one way or the other, that I can actually understand that, oh, I didn't see you know, that point of view and their shoes in that light. And that's one thing that.
1: Exactly. Helps, yeah, it helps
0: me, keeps me, what, less rigid and that way more like, oh, cool. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. I never thought about it that way. And yeah. rather than just, you know, hey, it's this way or the highway and that there's nothing else. And, and then, you know, especially if you have very well educated research guests who actually can you know explain stats and figures and stuff rather than just saying oh i read it on twitter or instagram and that's why right. I read it. like that'll, that'll mean it's right you know that'll work exactly
1: and even the stats and the figures and all of that you know who paid for the study was exactly. it double blind blah 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 and so but i think the, the power in these times is, is people have even having those conversations like we're having about who paid for the research. And that would not have really happened yes. prior to this. So there's definitely a lot of gifts, definitely a lot of um, eye openings, but I feel like, you know, it's also calling us to find that inner compass and the inner strength, inner peace to not add to the frenetic fighting. Mm.
0: You know, like someone's got to go first here. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. And, and, and I keep thinking that things are getting better just because of, you know, how conversation seems to be the cool thing to do and have an art now, like with podcasts and everything. But then, you know, all of a sudden we have some other random little, oh, did you freeze up? Oh, oh, you're back. Oh, whew. I thought, I think I froze oh, up you. a little bit. But uh, yeah, so I think. Yeah, I guess this again, just, you know, I keep thinking things are getting better just because of having these type of conversations. But it's still then almost something will happen where it's like, oh, wait, you know, you're 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 on this side of the house or you're not cool. Then, you know, just move on. I don't want to talk to you anymore. It's like, how do we get things better? We can't keep living in a polarized world like this. I mean, something. Yeah. I mean, obviously not everybody's always going to agree and disagree on everything but it's also fine to actually have these small debates and you know disagree with somebody and still at the end of the day it's like cool we had a great conversation it's, i'm not going to be ridicule you ridicule you for thinking the way you think
1: absolutely
0: you know, and i think you even said it earlier that sometimes you can't or maybe i can't remember if i asked you but i mean can you i, I heard it somewhere but can you control your you can't really control your thoughts you know can not you, much Yeah, not much. to an extent, I guess where I get this from that, you know, sometimes we have, you know, bad thoughts and we obviously we have good thoughts, but sometimes, you know, I've wondered to myself, like going down the road that, you know, if a bad thought, you know, came in, it's like, wait, why did I just think that? You know, what, why did, where did that come from? And I guess that's where I'm saying, like, sometimes we can't control them. It's like, I don't know why I just thought that that was bad. I shouldn't think like that.
1: Yeah. So the way I see it, because I think that, um, yeah we have a lot less control than we think and i would say science backs that up for sure <laughs> um that what what ends up being true about yeah oh okay i'm going to think this way and and that way um but but also i know through experience that i have changed the way that i think a lot so mm. i know that there is some mechanism to get better at thinking because my i definitely had stinking thinking as they would say back in my 20s and 30s and I don't have that anymore so there is control in some way but it's it's like coming back to that three-legged stool is why I've been able to and work with others now to change their thinking is because it's well here's the metaphor I like to use we are tuned we're turning forks we're receiving channels If you think of the earth suit, as I like to call it, the mind, body, energy field, whatever. I've chosen this earth suit, but I'm not the earth suit. I'm not my body. I'm not my brain. I'm aware of my brain. I'm aware of my body. I'm aware of my energy field. And so I can tune my earth suit to gloomy FM. I can tune it to reality FM or I can tune it to potential FM. And gloomy FM means I'm hearing songs or thoughts like you can't do that and you're never going to be good enough for that, and it's taking way too long. And, blah, 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 blah. and you're so if you're in if you're tuned there that morning, you're gonna receive those thoughts. You're not gonna think them, you're gonna receive them. And if I'm in reality FM, which most people are, they're in reality or gloomy and a little bit of a sprinkle of potential if they're out in nature long enough and they're in, in reality that means they're in the reality of what's happening currently so what's the reality of their bank account what's the reality of the pounds that show up on the scale like that's reality what's happening here which is really just a scorecard of the past it's not now it's what's happened and potential fm is what's something that they haven't seen done been it's it's new better, more expanded. And you've got to be delusional to be in that state, because otherwise you've got to be in reality. So if I'm tuned to Potential FM, which comes through receptivity and gratitude and smile on my face, and I've trained my body to feel really good, which I have, I am going to almost always receive thoughts that I am freaking fantastic. (laughs) And I can do anything. And that's what I've trained to do or I could train myself to stay in reality FM, or oh, you've got to be realistic about this. You've got to be sensible oh. about this, or oh, we can't afford that, Or oh, mm-hmm. um, and you'll create more of what you created in your 20s and 30s, go, go for that. Or if you're in gloomy, something happens pretty early on in life where your life goes downhill and it gets worse and worse and worse. And you kind of end up like Uncle Wayne at the family barbecue with too many pounds on and not happy and grumpy all the time. And
0: that's where it goes. <laughs> I like it. Um, so I know we're getting a little short on time here, but, you know, with, you know, the, thinking the way you think and going down your life experience, and is that what's part of the motivation for opening up the Awakened School? I mean, where did that come from?
1: Yeah, so I, when I first started seeing big results in my own life, I had a natural tendency to go I want to teach someone else this yes and I think I'm a natural teacher I was a singing teacher um when I was just doing singing only so I love the passing on what works mm. so that started my coaching career um and just little workshops we started my first workshop it was before I was married to my husband um with five people in my living room Wow. You know, or I mean actually, no, that was that was after I I'd, I'd done a few other little things, but it was always in the living room. And I'd had a, a women's thing and they came over one day and there might have been like 10 or 12 friends there. That's where it started. Um, and I loved it. I loved it. Then I hurt my back and so I had to mostly do coaching because now I'm in bed and at least no one would see me laying down if I was on the phone coaching. I just have to uh. try to stay awake. Sure. Um but it progressed after meeting my husband to do more seminars and actually learn what the business is like because we that's when we lost everything. We were like, oh, we'll just we'll just start a business and everything will be wonderful. Well, not about. so much. Um but, but once we learned how to do it, then we got really clued into okay, let's do the awaken school and build out programs that are extremely interactive and experiential because we saw people who were talk, good at talking heads, which I think a lot of spiritual teachers are. They'll get up in front of the room and kind of talk, you know. Um, our, our genius is getting you to feel and experience and go between when it's not right and when it is. No, So you can condition yourself like a good athlete to re- be receiving potential FM pretty much all the time. And so once it started um attracting amazing amazing people from all around the world we started traveling around the world a lot doing our trainings there um and now we're centered mostly in Colorado we've just um bought an old historic church in our downtown area that we're redoing um for our own space and nice. community to come to
0: Nice and and being like you said a coach and was that part of the reason like you uh, were motivated to write the books, Divine Bread Comes? I know you. I think you have one or two others too, right?
1: Yeah. My first book was Powerful and Feminine, which was all about women coming more into their femininity and not just, oh, I can do it and I don't need a man and that kind of thing, which was more uh, my background. Okay. Um, so any guys listening that their woman might need to read that, you can, you can read Powerful mm-hmm. and Feminine. Um, or any women that are listening, that was my first book. It sold many, many thousands of copies. So that was great. And then Divine Breadcrumbs was really my memoir. People were asking about the story. They knew I'd gone through some pretty horrific things and how to get through it. And um, so that was just more my most humiliating and thrilling times in my spiritual journey and personal journey. And uh, my next book's coming out this year called Receive, which is all about receiving um, being in potential FM um, pretty much all the time I say pretty much because we don't want to be perfectionists about it and you know beat ourselves up when we're not super happy like we've got to be willing to be authentic too but love writing um, love sharing love storytelling so that's where those came
0: through going back to the uh you just it just reminded me that uh my Enneagram I think I'm a type I was a type one and ain't that the perfectionist
1: yes that is the perfectionist
0: yeah, when I took why career, do you
1: think you're a type one um uh,
0: well I, to, to be honest with you I only took it because you know I was dating this girl and she told me I should take it or whatever and, <laughs> but you know that um but before that I, I was working in the higher education and we did the Myers-Briggs I think it's what it's called that personality yeah. test. and there's some kind of other color personality test and we did a strength yeah. leadership finder like told you five strengths but anyway so, um, but to answer your question, I took the quiz and it's kind of like, whatever, I'll just do this just because she asked me to. And, you know, and so, uh, but yeah, when it came out, you know, saying that I was a type one that I noticed and I'm not a perfectionist in everyday life, but certain things that I really, truly care about. Just uh, I don't know what to say. It's like as far as I, I'm very task oriented. So you give me a task. I'm going to do it to the best of my ability and that I want to get it done to every but the best way I can do something. Right, and so, and then it kind of—it's like a little gnat too. That if I don't finish it, or if I know there's something else that can be done to it, that you know, it's like a little gnat that's kind of buzzing around in your face all day. It's like oh, I got to get it done. I still can get it done. So, and that's just part of like just me knowing that that's the way I am, and like I like to do things and I like to do them well. And and I'm I'm a very, I guess, structured person. Like I live just kind of based on a routine, and just that when things kind of get out of that routine or out of that structure, I tend to be like, oh. It doesn't give me anxiety, but I can feel like a little stress come along and it's just, yeah. I learned to adapt to it, but it's like, all right, well, okay. So this changed. Okay. It's, it's either in my control or it's not in my control. So let me figure it out and I'll still get over it in one way or the other. So for example, like if I can't make it to my, to get my gym session in or my training in or whatever, it's like, okay, wait, okay. Just cause I can't do it now. I can do it a little bit later we yeah. got so and I think yeah. in those terms it would just it I just know how my mind is and you know I get a sense of it's either right or wrong I guess and I'm always kind of looking to improve things and I want to do things that are very structured and orderly and all that good stuff yeah so I, just, I guess that's the best way I would say that
1: can I ask you a question Sure. No, yes, no. Whatever you want. um would you if you had something important to do or, or lots of important things to do is it more important to get it done and be able to cross that off and go, yep, yeah, it's done or is it more important to get it perfect?
0: Mm. Um, I think I would say and I guess for me it depends on what it is so if it's work related, I want to get it done perfect in that way I know it's perfect and that even though my boss or somebody or anyone might come along, I always be like or there's always somebody who likes to disagree or it's like oh yeah. it can be better or whatever. But to me, it's like all right, skip perfect. But like once I get it done and perfect, then it's like okay, cool, cross it off. I'm already moving to the next thing. Got it. Yeah, it's just like and right, I and I rank them in order. Like okay, this needs to be done in two hours. Got it. To them. So yeah. like, oh, but it feels good. Y'all check that off. Hey, I <laughs> like I said, I'm a task oriented guy, and so that's kind of how I start out my days so when I get into my nice. office or when I'm on my day off. Like hey, what do all I got, what do all I have going on today? nice and it feels good you start checking things off and like i know <laughs> I did it very well it's like i crushed it you know And you start getting <laughs> some venom it's like what can i do next all right what's the next thing i got it
1: yeah so. yeah that's great that's great and i think you know order order and um structure and all of those are important for everyone and it's great that you've you've found your own way of doing that and flexibility like that's the other thing and you found your way of being more flexible over time and
0: having yeah. both of those yeah, you just you know you learn from it and you know i'm I'm a young 36 years old and just i've there's a few things i know and i don't know everything but i've learned kind of like you know we were talking about psychology and i know how i am and i just kind of go with yeah. it learn that yeah like i said if it's in my control cool do whatever i can do to fix it if it's not in my control it's usually like i try to put up a red stop sign and be like hey it's gonna be okay. You'll figure it out. <laughs> if it's not in your control, then why get upset? You know, don't stress. Right. and things works. So cool.
1: Right. That's great.
0: Cool. Well, like I said, I know we're getting short on time, and I want to be respectful of it. So uh if people want to find your books or just find you in general or just anything you want to promote or give out, feel free to do that.
1: Yeah, I think the awakenschool.com is the easiest place to go. The awakened, which is has an ED at the end, awakenedschool.com. Uh, We've got lots of free resources, masterclasses, things like that. I think the best first place, if anyone has kind of been sparked by this conversation at all, is become a free member of the Awakened School, and that way you'll be able to get on our list for all the free um, challenges we do and masterclasses we do and all of that, and that might lead you to come out and see us one day in Colorado or do a training or do a a retreat for us so we can put you through your paces and see how much... uh, (laughs) you can hold your center um and the the books are all on amazon powerful and feminine and divine breadcrumbs
0: cool well thanks for being here thanks for doing this uh, any last messages you want to give out or people should you think they should know or what
1: well i really appreciate the conversation i love the the back and forth and hearing about your story too chris and i think just to remind everyone that these three legs of the stool are important to have a look at which one are you strong in which one might need a little bit more support you know your psychology the somatic experience that keeps the nervous system all wound up and stressed and anxious and trying to be perfect and all of that and this word called receptivity to something way larger than you are when those three things to come together big transformation can
0: happen well cool well, thank you again thanks for i enjoyed this this was fun
1: yeah. Thanks, Chris. Bye. bye. <laughs>